1: There's nowhere to go. My heart beats slow where the sun shines snow.
0: Hey there and welcome to episode number 33 of Tell Me Your Tales. This week's show I'm super excited to bring to you because it is a conversation I had this morning. Just got off Skype actually, it's Friday about 11.30am and just off Skype with Jack Colreavy. Now Jack's had a pretty interesting last, I guess, month or so. He was named as the emergency in the men's marathon team for the 2017 world championships to be held over in London in a few weeks time and probably a bit disappointed to be named emergency no one likes to be the guy who's just missed out but um, last Friday so a week ago he was named in the team so really wanted to get him on the show really wanted to unpack how that kind of worked getting well I guess missing out and then uh, getting named in the team and I don't know Jack i met him at the Gold Coast Marathon a couple of weeks ago where he had an amazing run and ran 64 minutes and 57 seconds for the half marathon so kind of reached out to him and just threw him a message and said would you mind coming on the show and lucky enough he uh, he was pretty happy to come on and I guess that's probably the power of the podcast that it's not so much me putting them together, it's a bit of a credit to the guests that I'm having on and their willingness to, to want to be on the podcast, which is something I'm truly grateful for. This conversation goes for about an hour, really appreciate it. Uh, as I said, Jack's kind of in preparation for the World Champs now. He's a busy guy, he owns a gym, we talk about all that stuff in the start. And yeah, I just uh, really grateful that he was willing to come on the show. If you've got an opportunity, reach out to him on Instagram. I think he listed his handle at the end of the show there and wishing luck for the world champs and tell him you heard him on the podcast. And if you've got two minutes and you're near a computer, giving this podcast a review would be awesome as it helps get out to more people in the podcast world. That's enough from me. I hope you enjoyed this conversation I had today with Jack Colreavy and... It brings some kind of value to your life. Hope you're going well. Happy running if you're doing some running. If not, happy whatever you're up to at the moment. Cheers guys. Enjoy. All right, Jack Colreevey, welcome to Tell Me a Tales podcast. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That's, um, this is actually the third World Champs representative we've had on. We've got the whole marathon team on now. So I guess a big congratulations for you to start off with. And um, how's your life changed in the past week? Uh,
1: thank you. And uh, congratulations to you, like three World Championship representatives <laughs> on your show. Like. I'd say that's, that's a pretty legit podcast you got going now. Yeah,
0: we're starting to build it slowly, starting to build it slowly. Yeah, but back to you, right? though. How, how's life going?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, as you can imagine, it's, it's been a whirlwind. Um, it's been a week now. I found out last Friday um, that Jeff Hunt had withdrawn from the team and, and that I was getting called up off the bench to run. So, um, you know, getting flights organised, you know, working out um, what I'm going to do before the race, Adam my coach had to completely rewrite my program um I'm up I live up on the uh the central coast of New South Wales so you know small tight-knit community so um the the papers and the local news have definitely jumped on board and um done a few interviews and photo shoots and stuff like that which is um, yeah turning into a bit of a little local celebrity, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's
0: good. What I usually do at the start of the podcast, Jack, is I get the guests to introduce themselves. So do you maybe want to give the listeners a bit of context about who you are and what you do? Yeah.
1: So uh, my name's Jack Colerivey, uh, marathon runner from, um, from the New South Wales Central Coast, which is about an hour north of uh, Sydney, uh, 28 years old. Um, and uh, up, on the, up on the Central Coast, I own an F45 training studio in Gosford. Um, so that's that's like a small gym franchise um, that's, that's doing pretty well for itself.
0: That's good. Um, talk me through the F45 gym. I know we've got one starting up in Echuca, the town I live in, in a couple of months' time. But until I heard about that and then kind of did a bit of research on you, I'd never heard of them before. Do you want to maybe talk us through the concept of it?
1: Yeah, so F45 is, um, it's kind of like a a boot camp, Um, they've taken a lot of elements um, from various successful training um, programs and and kind of combined it into one, so it's um, an indoor space, it's not a regular gym where you come and do um, your own training, you come during our workouts and, and we put people through a 45 minute high intensity workout every day and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and, and it's time-based, so, so people of all sort of fitness abilities can work alongside each other, and um, yeah, and, and we really kind of foster the community aspect of it, so um, like, I oh, I know the name of every single one of my members, um, and, and they get greeted by name when they come in, and, and all that sort of stuff, so um, it's a real sort of welcoming sort of environment, and uh, you know, we're not alone. It, it, F45 as a concept really tries to foster that sort of culture Um, and it's one of the primary reasons why it's been such a success. Um, It only started probably about four years ago um, in Sydney and um, it's become one of the fastest growing um, franchises in the world. Um, Australia, you can't really buy a a license anymore, the the country sold out and, and they're in. You know a ton of different countries now so the uk and america and india and hong kong and new zealand like they're all over the shop it's going game busters so it's really great
0: yeah how did a uh, marathon runner come to own a gym <laughs> um oh my brother introduced it to me
1: so um i used to live in in the city uh sydney city um and uh yeah my brother was like oh come along to this gym like it's it's awesome it's great fun so um, you know, and this was the very first one before any others were open. So, um, you know, I went along and, and yeah, I, I used to use it as my, my strength and conditioning and, uh, had a lot of, lot of fun. And, and, you know, there was some, some good looking girls there as well. <laughs> you know, always gets you to, to work that little bit harder. So, um, and yeah, from there, just an opportunity came up to, to start one up. And so we were one of the first. Um, licensees uh, for for the uh, the concept and um, yeah and it's been a it's been a wild ride but it's it's been a, a lot of fun
0: yeah and um, obviously 28 pretty young to be kind of your own boss and own your own business but what did you do before the gym equity dealer is that correct
1: yeah yeah that's it um, worked in high finance um, and um, yeah and that that was a lot of fun in in a different sort of respect yeah uh, it's something that, that really interests me and, and it continues to do that. Um, and, um, but the, the kind of the culture around it all was there's a lot of drinking involved, a lot of lunching, a lot of schmoozing. So, um, you know, it didn't really, uh, for a guy who, who wants to, you know, sort of become an elite athlete, uh, it wasn't really the, the right setting uh, to be able to do that.
0: Not ideal, having a long lunch and then trying to get out for a session in the afternoon yeah
1: well there was a few there was a few uh tipsy afternoon runs um after you know a big day, so um uh, you know it's something that you know I may get into down the road um once uh the running's done, but uh, yeah happy to uh to be working in the fitness industry and and it definitely has. Has Helped my running.
0: Yeah, and you'd be a pretty good role model for all your clients as well putting in all the hours into your own fitness as well
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, you've got to practice what you preach and and, um, You know, I'm always telling my clients to to eat better and and to train hard and stuff like that and and I think um, Yeah, them seeing me uh, come back from from a run absolutely cooked or eating a nice healthy lunch um is is something that um you know they kind of uh see happen and, and try to emulate
0: yeah and you've got to be uh you've mentioned it already twice that kind of community stuff that's got to be obviously important to you with the running and with the gym aspect of things
1: yeah definitely um i i think um in terms of fitness and stuff like that, for a lot of people, it, it's really hard to, to stay motivated and everything like that. But um, with that sort of community aspect, um, the the clients um, you know become really friendly and they 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 talk and they motivate each other in the class, and then they also motivate each other to to come to to the next workout. So. Um, and if you don't show up, then you, you might get a Facebook message just going, oh, where were you? It's like, oh, sorry, slept in, definitely be there tomorrow. So, um, you know, we're all on the same journey together of, of better health and better fitness. So, um, you know, we do what we can to, to help each other.
0: Yeah, that's um, what you want, going. isn't it? That's good, yeah. good. Hey, uh, take us back to the start with the running journey. Where did it all start for you? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, yeah, it's been a long time, um. In anticipation of this, I started kind of reflecting on it, and, and it's amazing, like, kind of how far you come. Um, I was a late bloomer, I'd say. Um, I went to I went to a, um, a boarding school in Sydney um, that was known for for producing very good rugby union players, and, and I played rugby union as a kid. Um, and I always wanted to be a wallaby growing up and idolizing, um, you know, John Eels and George Gregan and and those sorts of guys. Um, but, uh, it wasn't until I was about 15 years old, I was in year year 10, um, that I kind of succumbed to to the realization that I I didn't really have the genetics to be a, a rugby union player. Um, so I joined the cross country team, um. And it kind of went from there. Um, the um, I was good in the sense of my school, um, and like, and I was pretty competitive in our inter-school competitions. But uh, I never made a state team. Um, yeah, never ran at nationals or anything like that. So uh, I didn't really think that I'd ever get to to Olympic sort of level. Um, And so once I left school in 2006, um, I went back to just um, playing rugby and and just heavily socialising, as you do when when you're a young 18-year-old. Actually, me and a group of mates, we started up an under-85-kilo rugby team and we competed in a local comp.
0: Yeah, right.
1: um, Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, And I think that's kind of, um what uh started me getting back into sort of my fitness so i would do that and then uh, me and my one of my best mates max we used to hit the gym a lot and um and yeah we used to just pound the weights but like i really just struggled to put on weight the the goal was um i remember thinking the goal was to to try and crack 70 kilos and uh i could never do it um before each match, you um, you get weighed in, and um, I used to go up and jump on the scales, and the guys would all laugh at me, just saying, oh, you, know, you don't need to do this, but um, yeah, I got to 69 and a half, um, but yeah, never cracked that magical 70, um, unfortunately, um, but anyway, so uh, I digress, and um, I started you know, doing some jogs and stuff like that just to get fit for rugby, and um, and then um i decided to um on to do the city to surf like always seen it never done it and um so this was probably oh, about late 2009 or or early 2010 so um you know i kind of was, was lacking a bit of motivation so i went to um I, I called up my local athletics club, which was UTS North, and, and I said, oh, do you have any, like, a squad or coaches or anything like that? Um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, come down. You can um, have a chat to, to Johnny Adderton, who's, um, who would probably be a good fit for you. So uh, I went down there, and, um, and I ran into Lachlan Renshaw, who I used to compete against at school. Um, he went to a, an opposing school, and... Um, and he, was like, and he was running under Johnny, and he's like, yeah, join our squad. Um, just just have, a, have a sort of crack, and um, yeah, it's all been going on since then.
0: Yeah, and then, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, obviously not a super naturally talented junior athlete, and now we're kind of talking about you're about to go overseas to represent Australia at a world championship. So it's obviously been that long grind and that long persistence of just training year after year to kind of get the better out of yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and um, I think it's just the not just having those enormous, lofty goals to start with. Um, obviously, like you dream about running for Australia and, and running at the Olympics and or world championships and all that. But um, you know, when you first kind of start out, you, you don't you don't think that you don't. Well, like well for me personally you don't write those down as, as legitimate sort of goals or anything like that you um, you just um, you look at where you're at and, and you, you set yourself you know some short-term goals that that are potentially achievable so you know for me it was in 2010 it was to, to run the city of surf and I wanted to run under 60 minutes um, but I had to start in one of the back groups the yellow group so the, the whole race I was I was weaving in and out of the um, the field and, and you know, jumping over median strips and all that sort of stuff. And I ran, I think I ran about 62 or 63 minutes. So I was a bit disappointed with that. Um, but uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it next year. I'll get to start in the red group now, which is towards the front, and, you know, and, and try to improve that time. So it's all about setting goals and, you trying to achieve those goals and then resetting them um once you do achieve them
0: yeah so it wasn't even like you were kind of a sub elite kind of runner it's literally like a a fun runner in the back of the pack jumping over gutters and stuff as you said
1: yeah yeah and i i really just i had no clue either like um i wasn't really into into the scene or anything like that but um yeah, you know, as, as you kind of get a bit more success and, and all that sort of stuff, you start to, to dedicate a bit more time and a bit more effort and you become a bit more sort of professional in, in the way you approach things. Um, and, but yeah, it's it's been sort of a slow grind and, and I think that's worked out well um, for me uh, in the sense that like I've seen so many really talented athletes burn out. Um, because they just have such a such a focus and, and professional approach from an early age and, and they kind of just lose the passion for it you, you really to do to you know to do anything anything in general career or sport you, you really need to be passionate um, if you want to be successful and and if you don't have that that passion to get out of the bed every day and, and go for like a two hour run then um, you know, it's not going to get done and you're not going to get anywhere.
0: Yeah, I um, I guess a good point to go with here would be maybe if you could list your PBs. I've got them written down here on a piece of paper if you don't know any of them off the top of your head. But just to give the listeners, we just heard that story about the city to surf and how you started out. But to give the listeners a bit of context about exactly where you're at now.
1: Um, yeah. So um, oh, I'll bring up all athletics actually. That's exactly uh,
0: where I got them from yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the good thing about your PBs are they, um, they're all pretty current. So like, I know when I search my own profile, it's a bit of a jigsaw trying to find, you know, something might be 2013, something might be 15, 2017. Yeah. It's kind of all over the place, whereas yours are like the Jack Cole review we're seeing running now is the very best he's kind of ever been across all disciplines.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really good, and I'm, I, I really want to try and run a 2,000 steeplechase just so I can update that one as yeah, well. make it look perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 1,500, um, 355 high. Um, the mile, I've done a 418. Um, 3,000 metres, 814, 5000 uh, is 1423 uh 3k steeplechase uh for 851 high um 10k road 29:45 in launceston last year uh just just um and then my two the most current pbs and, and the ones that i'm kind of most proud of uh, i did a half marathon on the gold coast last there or two weeks ago now which was 64:57. so um yeah, and that one was huge for me. It was really like I've always been really disappointed uh, with my half marathon times, um, and I think um, at the start of this year it was um, it was sixty seven forty nine or something like that, um, and so I just completely bypassed sixty six and, and sixty five, and, and I've gone down to to just under sixty five, which I pretty happy with, and, and that was a great race with, with Josh Harris and um, Dick Earl, who yeah. have been previous
0: guests. So, um, so solid, that result. And was that 67.47? Was that from the Gold Coast last year? Yeah, that
1: was from the year before.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think i rather just passed you or just didn't get to you. I think I might have run 67.50 that same day, but um, I remember you, yeah, you were out in front, and then you just kind of came back to us a bit, and obviously wasn't what you were kind of aiming for.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I had a really good lead-up. I ran a, a, you know, I ran my 10k PB at Lewes uh a few weeks before, um, but then I had a bit of an injury in, in the in the week leading up. So um, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have run the race. Uh, but you know, you book your trip up, you're up there. It was feeling all right, so I thought, oh, uh, you know, I'll have a go. So I went out and and I was running with. Uh, Scott Westcott and Josh Harris and stuff like that, but I was feeling, you know, extremely uncomfortable. So I dropped back. I made a decision to drop back early um, to to uh, your sort of group, which had uh, Courtney Carter in it. I think he was he was leading the charge there, um, and um, yeah, and it just it gradually got worse. And the um, Achilles kind of held up fine, but the calves were really really sore and. Um yeah it was real just a, a real grind and a real struggle um to, to get home in that second half of the race um but I still ran a PB, it was only like 3 seconds so yeah <laughs> which is a bit, bit of
0: redemption a, oh. for this year though it must have been a good feeling going back and taking kind of 3 minutes off that
1: but Yeah uh, 100% like I just you know I I'd, I'd come 7th place um, I got out sprinted by, by Josh and Nick um, But you know did not care in the slightest like just absolutely stoked to get under that 65 minute mark um, and um, Yeah, really happy with the progress there
0: and your marathon PB from Lake Biwa Yeah, 2.18
1: two, two and a half up at, um, Lake Biwa in March so um, Yeah, world champs qualifier and and It's the reason why I'm, you know, I'm on the plane next week.
0: And for people that haven't seen some footage, I might put it in the show notes of just when you crossed the finish line, you were absolutely uh, toasted, you were spent staggering everywhere and you hit the ground pretty quick, I think, too, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the, the news, uh, the local news lady was asking if she had any, if I had any footage of myself running any marathons (laughs) and... and i looked that one up and um yeah it it really sent shivers down my spine just um you know i i try actually now not to look at it because uh, to know the, the the pain and what i put my body through that day was um is absolutely brutal um but i gave it everything i got and and i've learnt and i learnt a lot from that race so um yeah it was it was really scary actually, just I just struggled across the line. I just couldn't walk and, and they sat me down and, um, yeah, I, the winner was actually sitting next to me so I had a little chat with him and stuff like that um, and, you know, I was feeling a bit sick but I was all right and just five minutes later I just took a turn for the worse and I was on the ground just in the fetal position. I was throwing up it was like fluoro yellow um and then they stretched me off to to a, like a first aid sort of bay and um yeah and I just I was they kept feeding me water and stuff like that but um and I was struggling just to kind of keep it down and I was really really cold and and yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I was. I was a bit scared for my health, um, but luckily after about an hour, I came good. And and a couple hours later, um, you know, I was I was munching down on some sushi and stuff like that. So um, you know, all good in the end. And I was lucky to have my partner there, Joanna. She she was really good. And um, you know, she put on a brave face.
0: Paid um first aid lady looking after you yeah yeah hey, um, talk us through that race, obviously, you're maybe not obvious for some listeners, but you debuted at Melbourne last year and come second in two twenty three sixteen on a like horrible weather kind of day. Obviously, you probably would have been planning to go a bit quicker than that, but then went to bewa with the idea to run under that two nineteen
1: yeah definitely, um really um yeah so melbourne melbourne was was good in in the result um but yeah wasn't happy uh in terms of the time but you know that's that's how it was a hurricane came through melbourne that day so um you know really happy uh with that and so um that was my first one and and so i had high hopes i was hoping you know to break 220 in melbourne um and so, with, with a few more months of, of marathon training under my belt, um, a, you know, a real fast race in Japan, I thought, yeah, definitely two nineteen. Like, um, I was, you know, I wanted to go quicker. Actually, like, I thought two sub two seventeen, closer to sixteen, was probably more sort of realistic, given um, you know, what I was doing in training and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it just um, it wasn't my day um, for that race. Um, and it kind of like I don't like really saying it because it, it it sounds i think a bit bratty and 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 all that but um like i just i had stitches i really just didn't feel comfortable at all during the race really i I had a lot of stitches and and i couldn't I couldn't get my nutrition down properly, which is probably why i you know was in such a bad state coming home to the finish um because I hadn't been able to get the gels on board and and take the drinks and everything like that, so um, yeah, so yeah, it was a bit of a struggle. But um, I was lucky to to have Josh and, and um, the Irish guy Fraser with us, um, and we sort of worked together, um, and um, yeah, and but still got home with that goal of sub two nineteen, and it was. I, di- I didn't think it would be enough to get me on the world Champs team, but I just thought all right this is a new level i've I've hit um, you know, I'm capable and and have have the um, the ability um, to to run at that level and and you know it's it's all up from here and I, and I plan to to really continue building.
0: yeah it's not a bad sign when you run 218 on a bad day though is it like in your second marathon and you're 28?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely some positive signs and, and that's what that's what I'm, the most I've taken out of that race was that I felt terrible and I, and I had a lot of problems so, you know, to get me in a race where um, I don't have those issues and um, and things go a lot smoother and, and uh, then we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah
0: I don't know if you find it as well but I definitely did when you step up to the marathon it's almost like it's a whole different sport like you know you've done steeples and 5s and 10k's and all those kind of things but when you chuck the gels in and the drinks and the probably unpredictability of what happens to your body after 35k it just makes it a whole different ball game
1: yeah 100% you hit hit the nail on the head right there um there's so much that can go wrong um in the marathon, uh, and <laughs> you know, I don't have a hell of a lot of experience, but um, you know that that nutrition is is really a key key element. Like, it doesn't matter who you are and, and how good your training's been in the lead up. Like, if you don't if you don't get that right, then you're not going to run well. Um, so you've got that that sort of those drinking elements and nutrition elements. You've got the running elements. You've got the pacing elements. Um and the weather can play a big role in it as well. Like if it's a few degrees too hot, it just it just compounds um on itself. Like if you have a if you have a bad day in a ten K or a half marathon, you can you can grind it out. Um but if you have a bad day or you know, you go out too hard and you blow up in a marathon, like it's a real long way to go potentially. Um you know, so I was lucky in that I really, really hit the ball at 35k um, in in Japan. So um, I only had seven k's left. So you know, I really, just willed myself on. I had time in the bank as well. Just knowing that I had a lot of a lot of time in the bank to get under that 219 as well was was a lot um, that kept me kept me going.
0: That's a credit to your mental strength, though, because you talk about only 7K. Like, it's still a long way to the finish line when you've hit that wall.
1: Yeah, but you, you kind of, you, like, lately in the last sort of couple of years, I've been really um, following marathons. Um, I'm not a huge sort of athletics nerd. I don't really know um, too much. Um, but I have been starting to, to watch the, the major marathons and, and take more of an interest in it. Um, and it got especially exciting um, in 2016 when there was all these guys trying to get that Olympic qualifier mm. and, and you, you just follow along like, and, and you watch those 5K splits come up and, and, and then you're just like, oh, you know, they should be, they should have come in by now. Like, I wonder what's happening. And, and then you just see that blowout 5K. And, and yeah, so, like, I've seen guys who, who have hit the wall at that, you know, 25 or 30K mark and, and, you know, full credit for them that they willed themselves on and despite uh, the bad event, uh, the bad race, they, they still finish it and they give they it all in the
0: Yeah, you said earlier on that you didn't think the time would be quick enough to make the world champs, but what was that... Waiting period like afterwards like when you were because I think Shelly was probably the quickest one and didn't nominate So that kind of puts you in the fourth spot on paper. How was that? Yeah, waiting time
1: Look, it, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I didn't really think about it too much um, There was you know, you, you do catch wind of a lot of rumors and and everything like that um, I knew that Liam wasn't nominating and um, and then, you know, I wasn't sure what Shelley was doing. But, like, I assumed that there'd be other guys having a crack that didn't have a crack. Um, you know, guys like Dua Yoa or, or Tom DeCano who who beat me in Melbourne. Um, you know, I thought they'd, they'd all give it a go, give it a nudge. But, um, you know, fortunately, they didn't. Um, and... Um, but then that whole sort of... Um you know, Jeff Hunt ran two sixteen, ten um twelve months previously and then so as it got closer to the uh to the selection date and, and you know, I realised that if if Shelley didn't nominate and, and um Liam didn't nominate then um I'm fourth in line here and, and I didn't know what Jeff was doing and if he was nominating or not. But um but yeah, I, I guess Early on in that sort of waiting period, I didn't really think about it too much. But um, as it got closer and closer, and, and more, more you know, sort of mar- major marathons went by, and, and no one um, put up a time, I guess that's when it kind of, yeah, it did start getting. Um, I wouldn't say nervous. I'd say it was more of like an excitement, and I started really thinking that you know it was definitely a possibility.
0: That's when it's got to be important that you've, you know, got a day job and owning a business and got other things to keep your mind on track as well, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, work is definitely a a very good distraction. Um, And then it it was just about um, resetting goals and everything like that. Um, So, um, you know, I started looking towards races that I could do and um, I actually uh, was – was down for the Berlin Marathon uh, before before this.
0: Yeah, I did hear a whisper that you were not. There's about 8,000 Australians going yeah. over to, go to Berlin this oh, year. Oh, yeah, so, it's, uh, the
1: national, it's the national title.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good experience <laughs> over there. So talk me through, if you don't mind sharing, like does it is it a phone call or is it an email to let you know that you haven't made the team? How does that work?
1: Um, yeah, well, for me, I received a phone call um, from Craig Hilliard, who's the... Um, the head coach um, from AA, uh, and he he basically kind of talked me through, um, you know what what the selectors had basically talked about it, um, their their whole reasoning behind decisions, um, but he said that um, I was an official reserve, uh, which kind of kept the flame alive, the flame of hope alive. Um, and that if anything happened to any of the runners that, you know, I'd be getting a call up and the call could happen as late as the end of July. Um so uh yeah, that was that was that. And um yeah, it was nice he called and, and everything like that. But um, you know, it was it was it was a tough phone call to take.
0: Yeah, I could imagine. Did you have any like resentment or like frustration or were you just kind of like, Well, wow, it's just an opportunity that will still come up in the future and make you kind of a bit more determined to, to make that team in the future.
1: Yeah, there wasn't any resentment. It was just, I was just really upset when I first, when I first received the call. That was just my, my first sort of response um, because those dreams of, of representing Australia just, you know, kind of are going down the toilet. Um, and, you know, people say it. Everyone said it to me, like, "Don't worry, like, if it's not this, it's something else." But you know, you just you never know what, what's going to happen. Like, I could have a career-ending injury. Um, you know, there could be a who knows what, what might happen. I could get hit by a car. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. you it take, know, you got to you got to have these you got to take these opportunities when they present themselves. And 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 it became like a real sort of opportunity and, and one that. I was getting really excited about so so when 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 I was told that it wasn't to be then you know that was really really sad at first but then I you know I didn't dwell on it for too long just a day or so and then you know I sucked it up and and just soldiered on
0: back on Uh, the grind
1: yeah exactly you know I just set my focus to to running you know a good half of Gold Coast and then and then you know uh, setting a new PB in Berlin.
0: Did you have some uh, some good people in your corner, obviously, at that stage? Because I guess you would have been, you know, really needing a bit of support at that stage.
1: Yeah, I mean, just I've got a great sort of um, support network. My parents um, and my family are, are so supportive. Um, they've never, you know, put any pressure on me to to, to run or not run or anything like that. They just they want me to be happy, so... You know, they were really good, and um, and my girlfriend Joanna, she was um, she was really good, and um, just just the whole sort of athletic sort of community in general just um, were, were were good. Like, if I spoke to someone, they'd be like, oh, you know, sorry about that. Like, you really, um, you know, you, you could deserve to be on that team and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, that, and that helps. That
0: really helps. Yeah, well, let's fast forward to last week then. How did how did that look? Was it a phone call as well, or an email? Or yeah, what? tell yeah. us about what you were doing when that came through.
1: So, um, you know, usual standard Friday morning, um, just at work and everything like that. And then um, I received a text message from um, uh, from a person who will remain nameless, um, just in case they get in trouble. <laughs> yeah well, leaking sensitive information, but um, he sent me a message just saying, oh, look, you didn't hear this from me, but um, Jeff Hunt's pulled out from uh, has withdrawn his withdrawn uh, his nomination for the World Championships team. And I read it, and I really didn't think too much of it, to be honest. Uh, I wrote back, I was like, you know, that's obviously incredible news, but... Um, you know, I'll believe it when I hear something official from yeah. someone in AA um, because, you know, as you go along, you hear a lot of rumors about, oh, you hear rumors come down the, the grapevine. It's just like, he said, she said that sort of stuff. And, and I'd heard things in the past of, of Jeff not nominating, but then he had nominated and, and stuff like that. And, and rightfully so, he had every right to. Um, and so, yeah, I, I didn't want to get my hopes up or anything like that because I'd really, um, I'd really settled on on the fact that that I wasn't going to go, and, and I was starting to get really excited about Berlin. Um, you know, the, I'd had a great half marathon. There was still eleven weeks till Berlin, so um, <clears throat> Adam and I had, you know, previously a few days ago, just gone through. Um, our programming up until that point, um, and it's just like, you know, I was, I was really excited that I was, I was and, and I knew that I'd be running a fast time there. Um, so anyway, so I wrote that back, and then um, <clears throat> I was driving along, and uh, my phone started ringing, and it was Craig Hilliard, and I went, oh shit, <laughs> this, this is it. So I, I pulled over, I pulled the car over, I did not want to be driving for this conversation and um, yeah, he, he, he told me that, that Jeff had withdrawn the night before and, and that I was in the team.
0: Yeah, right, and what's going on, like are you getting the sweats up in the car or shaking? Or? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, got the shakes guy, just trying not to, to be like, uh,
0: you know, the voice was quivering a little bit, didn't
1: want it to seem too excited, <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers! Thanks um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, but yeah, it really hit me like a ton of bricks that you know, that that this phone call actually had happened. Um, yeah, just, just it's been a roller coaster of emotions uh, from from May when when the team was first announced to to that. Um,
0: yeah, it's so many ups and downs. I can't imagine your kind of mindset over the last kind of six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Who was the first Did you call someone Or just put the music on In the car And just blare it uh, As loud as you could
1: Yeah Yeah <laughs> No There was no good songs On the radio <laughs> um, Yeah I, I just kind of sat there I, I, I sat on the side of the road there for, for a good half an hour Um Like But I sat Sort of in silence For, for, for about five minutes And then uh, I called my girlfriend first Um And Um uh, she picked up and she's like hi, and, and I was just like, are you driving? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, can you pull over? And she's like, is everything okay? And I was like, um, not really, but like you need to pull over um, before I tell you. And um, she's like, all right, all right. I pulled over, and I was like, can you get some money together? And she's like, yeah, of course. Like, what? Do you, what's wrong? And she's like, we're going to London. And um, yeah, so she went psycho.
0: Yeah, I could imagine. So talk us through, yeah, you kind of touched on it before when you said Adam kind of had to rewrite the program. You guys had just sat down and, and went through all that. But, you know, then how does that look about a training camp before the World Champs or how has training changed and booking and flights? And, yeah, maybe just go through the logistics of it all now.
1: Um, yeah, so Adam. Um, Adam's... Going to Saint Moritz um, this weekend, and and Jess, who Jess Trambov, who he also coaches, is already there with with Josh Harris. Yeah. So, um, he's like, "Can you can you get a flight asap to to go to Saint Moritz?" And I was like, "I mean, yeah, like I need to organise a few bits and pieces, but yeah, I could I could do this." And um, he goes, no, "Look, I need to." I need to call Craig and, and run this by him and stuff like that because you need approval. If you're not going to camp, you need uh, approval for it. Um, but uh, Craig um, said no to that idea, uh, primarily being the reason being I've never been to Altitude before. I've never been to Forks Creek. I've never trained at Altitude, so um, there's just a bit of uncertainty around that there is a low risk of, of people having adverse effects uh, to it so um, and Adam agreed with him that um, yeah it was probably in my best interest to um to go to uh, go to Tunbridge um, in London where they're having the camp it starts on the 22nd of July and um, I had another option as well. I, I was speaking to to Dean Gleason, who's the um, athletics director for Sydney Uni, and um, they've actually uh, got a house in Belgium that they've been able to, to fund through donations and stuff like that. Um, and so I spoke to him, and he was uh, he's like, come to Belgium, like you can train out of here for a bit and stuff like that. And, and there's a whole bunch of uh, really talented. Sydney University athletes there, like uh, Nick Half, Annalise Ruby, um, Michelle Jenica, um, Ellen Elson, like they're all over yeah. there. Um, so, you know, that would kind of popped up as an option as well, but um, yeah, in the end, I just decided that um, I'd fly to, to London. Um, my sister lives there, so I'm going sh- um, <clears> to <throat> stay with her for a couple of days and then, and then head into the um, AA camp. Uh, in Tunbridge
0: yeah awesome hey um, we should really have a quick chat about your relationship with Adam I read your blog on Runners Tribe about how you manage that by correspondence but I think it's probably safe to say and a lot of people agree with me that when you started working with Adam your results and performances just kept improving like it's obviously something that's working very well for you
1: yeah I mean Adam, Adam and I have, have a great working relationship um we kind of got together after, um, in 2014, um, I'd just gone through my first major injury, I'd never kind of been injured before that, but um, it was a bit of ITBS, um, and um, it was just during that time off that um, I decided that, you know, the steeplechase, like I was really hitting my limits in, in the steeplechase, I don't think hope You know, could improve my time too much more, and and that if I wanted to represent Australia, that it it wouldn't be in that event. So um, I knew I always knew that the marathon would be be the event for me, uh, just because of my my strength and my endurance and um, and my lack of leg speed. Um, So yeah. um, and so when I, when I made that decision to, to, to start the marathon, um, I was still training under Johnny Adderton. He's an 800-1500 guy, so we decided that he wouldn't be the, the coach for me in that sort of respect. So I started, um, I started researching some, some Sydney options um, for the marathon. And I, I wasn't super um, excited about any of the, the coaches on offer. Um, so it was then that a friend suggested to me that um, I, you know, speak to Adam Diddick and I, I had no clue who he was. Um, but, you know, after a bit of research, um, you know, I found out that, that he coached Jess Trengo to a to a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games in the marathon and um, he was a younger sort of he was a younger guy as well, which you, which was really good, going from a, from a much older sort of coach, um, and that he was already coaching athletes via correspondence. So, uh, had a chat with him, and yeah, after that first conversation, you know, I knew like this: this is the coach for me. Um, and yeah, from there, you know, we didn't have immediate success. Um, yeah, I think 2015 was was really just about. You know getting to know each other and, and just building and everything like that, and then come the end of 2015, um, 2016, just it just started all coming together, and, and I really started just to hit my straps. And, and like we touched on earlier, like all my PVs um, pretty much have been from 2016 or later, so um, I think that kind of speaks to to the success that that we've had together so far
0: yeah and what is it i know it's kind of hard to say a typical or general week but what kind of mileage you're hitting a week and like key sessions in there
1: um yeah i mean it's been a it's been a slow sort of build for me um prior to, to adam i really didn't run a lot of mileage it was probably probably 70 or 80ks a week um so it's just been a slow sort of build um like B probably averaged about 160 to 170 Ks per week um, so you know not a lot and um, and yeah Adam's not like that like in terms of um, super heavy volume or anything like that um, and he's also just really mindful of of injuries and stuff like that so yeah um, We've, we've just taken it sort of slow and, and just continue to, to build I think my biggest week going into Melbourne was probably about 170 odd Ks and then my biggest week going into Lake Bware is um, was just over 180 and um, this week um, I'll probably touch or maybe touch 190 um, we'll see how it go um, so yeah it's it's all about that. Slow sort of build in volume and and making sure that the uh, that the quality um, stays stays high. Um, it's not volume for the sake of volume. It's it's let's hit a vo- uh, let's hit a level of volume that um, provides a um, you know a challenge and um, will, will force the body to adapt. And and once it's kind of gotten used to that level, then then we. We throw um, a bit more mileage in the mix and, and you know,
0: and, and work from there. Yeah. So uh, two or three kind of sessions a week you're doing?
1: Uh, yeah. So three sessions per week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, Tuesday is more shorter interval stuff, but like it's not super short or anything like that. It's, you know, it's, um, it's usually around the 1K mark, um, but it can sort of vary. Um, Thursdays are more uh, <clears throat> uh, tempos, thresholds, that sort of stuff, um, and then Saturdays um, can be hills or um, or fartleks. Um, it kind of alternates.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And then Sunday long run, um, midweek long run on Wednesdays, uh, and then just easy jogging.
0: And do you build that midweek long run or do you kind of just keep it at, say, 20K and leave it there for a month or so?
1: Um, yeah, no, we definitely build it um, and, you know, it, it mixes it up. So, you know, I might do 100 minutes one week or then do like 70 minutes in the morning then 30 minutes in the afternoon. So um, there's a lot of sort of variety um, in the programming.
0: Yeah, and I always ask the marathon boys oh, and girls because I had Virginia Maloney on a couple of weeks ago and we are talking about this, but a kind of key marathon session that you may have done before Melbourne or Bwa or maybe you've got in the books to do before London that you know when you hit that session in a certain time or at a certain effort <clears throat> that you're in good condition to run a fast marathon. Uh, yeah, so
1: there's there's a couple that, um, that
0: kind of have seem to have popped up
1: and and seem to be um, Adam's choice, but um, I suppose the the one main one is is three by five k's and um, the first one's done at marathon pace plus five seconds, second one's done at marathon pace and then the third one's done at marathon pace um, minus five seconds. And that's Uh, five seconds a k? Yeah, per kilometre, yeah. and so that's that's really just to give you an idea, um, you know, we'll, we'll set an idea of what the marathon, what our ideal marathon pace will be and, and then we'll have a look at the, the heart rate data and everything like that from that. Um, and that can give us an idea of, of if the heart rate's probably a bit high at, at marathon pace then, um, you know, we'll, we'll sort of readjust and, and if it looks looks a bit low then and um, then you've got that as well and so you've got the plus or minus five seconds either side so you can just see what the heart rates doing at those levels as well so it gives you it really gives you a good idea of, of where you're at and, and what kind of pace to set out on
0: and would um, on you there. have a recovery or a jog in between those or you just build it as you go
1: no no yeah there's recovery. Um, I can't remember what the recovery was. It's only a couple of minutes.
0: I think when we had Jess on the show uh, up at the Gold Coast, I think she said exactly the same session, which would be correct, same coaches, but, yeah, she said that was one of her key sessions leading into a marathon as well. So listeners can go back and listen to uh, Jess Trengrove talk about that same session. And, Jack, just because I'm a massive runner nerd and some of the uh, listeners are as well, what what would your heart rate be sitting at with some of those sessions or those 5Kers? Um, so generally,
1: uh, it's probably around the, um, the 160s, so uh, my uh, plus five seconds would probably be low 60s, marathon pace high 160s, and then um, minus five would probably be in the 170s. Um, so yeah, if I'm, um, if I'm sub 170 uh, for my marathon pace, that's usually you know, a good sort of indicator.
0: Yeah right And I guess leading into the world champs what, I know It's probably hard for you to answer this question Because this time last week You were probably just getting that phone call On the side of the road But what are your hopes going into it?
1: Um, yeah, just, just a PB Just to run well um, it, It's hard to kind of um, You know I haven't done that, that 5k workout yet So um, you know it's hard to tell exactly How hard I'll go, but um, you know, a lot comes down to how you're feeling on the day, Um, Mm. and you can usually suss that out in the first sort of first ten to fifteen k's. Um, And um, but yeah, like I'm really excited about running with with Josh and with Brad. You know, we're all guys who are, are pretty much in the same sort of boat. We're we're around the same sort of ability. Um, We're all around the same age. Uh, We're all making our debut. So um, I dare say we'll be running together as a pack. Um, And, um, yeah, I'm just really excited about the race. And and as long as I can just run um, quicker than I've ever run before, then then I'll be happy with that.
0: Yeah, and just really enjoy the experience, I guess, like first time. And not a huge audit pressure on you guys to... um, You know to medal or anything like that so it must be kind of rewarding thinking about you can really enjoy it
1: yeah yeah definitely and um, the course looks really cool it's um, for 14k loops taking in a lot of the a lot of the sites there so definitely on that first lap I'll be I'll be trying to to take in all of that Um, you know uh, my dad's going over uh, one of my brothers is going over my sister lives over there a few mates live over there, so um, there'll be some support out on the uh, on the course as well. There's a lot of Sydney University people going over, so, yeah, looking forward to that sort of aspect
0: as well. Oh, so good. And you'll kick around afterwards, a bit of time over there, or straight back to work?
1: Yeah, yeah, a bit of time over there, so really stoked that the, um, that the marathon's one of the first events. Uh, I think we're on day two, so, um, you know, really looking forward to... Um, just being able to relax with my diet afterwards, and and just enjoy uh, some of the best athletics in the world um, without worrying about my own event. And you know, like Mo Farah, his his last 5, 10k, uh, Usain Bolt, his his last major championships. So, um, and then uh, looking at doing roughly a week of of some travel in, in Europe. Haven't really set anything in stone though
0: yeah awesome hey it's funny you bring up that diet because that was the second last question i wanted to ask you obviously being in the fitness industry and an elite marathon runner as well have you got any kind of daily habits with your with your diet or i guess with your routine that you really know that you have to put in place to be successful in what you're doing
1: um yeah it's for me like you, you when you're running so many kilometers and everything like that you're naturally going to get a big appetite um but um, just because you've got that huge appetite doesn't mean you need to completely um, satisfy it every time um, so I find just me planning my my meals and, and prepping them and, and everything like that I kind of I'm able to stick to to what I, I need um, so every Monday I try to kind of plan out my week and and You know get the right sort of um, nutrients and all that sort of stuff like I say it to my clients a lot Just because you work out doesn't give you a license to to just eat junk and stuff like that like Mm. You know if I I could eat chocolate and and all sorts of crap um, And not put on any weight or anything like that, but it's not really going to sustain quality training and stuff like that so I try to you know eat a, a wide range of food groups and and try to keep it as healthy as possible.
0: Yeah, right. And the last question I always ask guests on the show is, do you have a mantra or a philosophy or a quote that you live your life by?
1: Um, Look, I had a thought of it, I had a think about that. And uh, there's nothing I kind of live and die by in terms of um, philosophy or or mantra or anything like that. But um, no regrets is probably um, a motto I like to kind of live my life by. Um, it's probably the main reason why I, you know, have focused on my running. Um, you know, they got to a stage where, um, you know, I had to think: do Do I want to be serious with my career in finance, or do I want to be more serious about my running? Because um, it got to the stage where it's, it's you can't have both, and so. At the end of the day, like I can work and do all that, you know, my entire life when I'm 35 or when I'm 40 or whenever. Um, but there's only this small window of opportunity to be at your, your physical peak. So, um, you know, I had no regrets in in deciding to focus on running. Um, and you know, it's been it's, it's been a successful. Um, route in my life but um, even if I hadn't achieved success um, you know I'd have no regrets in, in knowing that um, you know in knowing that what could have been like I could I could sit there like when I'm 40 and be like yeah I gave it a crack you know I wasn't good enough in the end um, and you know but I'm happy I gave it a go but um, yeah anyways lucky it's it's turning out in the opposite way and, and that I, I will get that opportunity to, to represent Australia. So it's all all very exciting.
0: Yeah, and as you said, like pretty in a way it's a courageous and brave move to step away from that comfortable job and probably comfortable pay packet every week and, to, yeah, go and buy your own business and um, kind of, yeah, take a bit of a risk with the running stuff and obviously at that stage you weren't running as quick as you are now. So, um, yeah, good on you for making that happen.
1: Yeah, it, I mean it is a risk, but um, when you're young, you can afford to take these these bigger risks. I think if you know, I, I had a had a family and like you know dependent children and or a wife and stuff like that, you know, I might not have been able to to make those sort of decisions. And yeah, it's really tough trying to you know, because I don't I try to limit my work hours as much as possible and and put as much. Uh, As I can into my running Um, And so yeah Like it's You start to struggle a bit Financially in stages But um, You know It's all worthwhile Um, You know Money isn't everything
0: Nah spot on Hey uh, Jack Have you got some sponsors You want to thank Before we wrap it up Uh,
1: Yeah Just a big thanks to ASICS Um, You know They give me um, Some shoes And apparel And everything like that and, um, And You know even if they didn't give me it, I'd still probably be buying their shoes because I think they're really great. So um, big thanks to them and, and big thanks to to my coach, Adam Diddick, um, and his, his running crew, Team Tempo Run.
0: Yeah, beautiful, mate. And where can people follow you online if they want to keep mm. up with the journey leading into and during the World Champs?
1: Yeah, um, not huge on the social media, but... Um, Instagram, I try to try to keep that updated um, with photos and stuff. So um, it's just Cole Reavy, my last name, um, C-O-L-R-E-A-V-Y. Um, so, yeah, look me up on Insta and give me a follow.
0: Beautiful, Maybe mate. Yeah, get your, get your numbers up there. Thanks uh, so much for your time and good luck with the next, you know, three or four weeks of marathon preparation. And can't wait to sit back and watch how you three boys go over there
1: yeah yeah it's it's very exciting and um yeah thanks so much for for the call and and me being on your show and um, who knows we might we might get a three-way or a four-way skype conversation going uh post marathon
0: yeah well as we said at the start all previous guests are on the marathon team so i know josh is uh josh knows what's going on with the skype we've had him on maybe two or three times and He's over at St. Moritz. I was just talking to him last night. So, um, yeah, we kind of got a bit of a bit of stuff in the pipe work trying to get a bit of a before and after grab with you guys just to see how it all pans out. Yeah,
1: we'll just go. We'll go to the party room. Yeah. And Josh, Josh Harris's room and, and we'll set something up.
0: <laughs> I should give you guys a microphone and see what you can get for me over there. You can get everyone. Usain Bo, Mo Farah, we'll, we'll get them all on the show
1: mate i'll run around I'll be, I'll be the roaming reporter happy to do it
0: post race beers and you'll be fine yeah. beautiful jack enjoy the last bits of the preparation mate and as i said i appreciate your time again today no worries thanks brady thanks Cheers. jack bye
1: Like there's nowhere to go. My heart beats slow. Where the sun shines, or snow.
0: It's the bread to my door. It's love knocking at your door. Say.